Hey friends, it's really good to be with you this week. I'm excited to be here and to share from God's Word about what I've been learning in this past week. And I wanted to say that my prayer and meditation for us in this week is that we would know and accept the God who loves us first. I'm going to unpack this. I'm going to unpack this for us uh, throughout this message. But before I do, could you pray with me? Father, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of each one of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So this week is Holy Week. It began just two days ago on Palm Sunday and goes through Easter Sunday next week. Yes, next week is Easter Sunday, uh, where we will celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't know what celebrating this tradition has looked like for you in your life, whether you're from a family who's paid close attention to it and has been uh, very rigorous about the celebration of it, or whether you haven't really thought about it too much in your life or whatever your background, um, just know that this is a global church-wide celebration where we take the time as the church to remember the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If, if you want to know more about the rich ideas that come through Passover and these festivals that they celebrate in this week, read the early chapters of Exodus and you'll learn more from the, from the history of Israel and how God delivered his people there and what, what uh, the Jewish culture would be celebrating um, this, this time of Jesus. Um, but for now, I want us to see Holy Week as an opportunity to recognize the God that loves us first. Now, this week, it spends a lot of time looking at the death of Jesus. And throughout prepping this message, I had a lot of questions, but, but, why, but why did Jesus have to die? Why was it so important that he died? And if this is a question that you're wrestling with, and this is a question that's getting stirred up in you throughout this message, please take the opportunity and come talk to me. I would love to get a cup of coffee with you and just sit down and explore what the Bible says about Jesus's death. So reach out to me, text me or call me if you have my number. You can email me or you can DM me on Instagram. Either one of those works. I just love to get together and talk about it. So let's begin. So first to understand that God loves us first, I want to just quickly build a framework. It's, it's going to be hard, but quickly build a framework of the God who does love us first, the character of this God. In this celebration of Holy Week uh, is, is particularly one in which God would be recognized as a deliverer. See, throughout Israel's history, it was largely celebrated and largely known and remembered that God had delivered the Israelites from 400 years of slavery under the Egyptian oppression. What this shows us is that God is a God who cares about injustice and oppressed peoples. How he called the people Israel, he called them his own, and he didn't 
give up on them. He didn't leave them. They were a small and insignificant people, and he loved them. He was faithful to them through and through. I don't know what kinds of trials and troubles that you have faced in your life, friends, but God, he cares. Not only does he care, he's actually able and does, he's able to and does deliver from this oppression and injustice. So I want us to see that first. And I want us to see that Jesus in his life, he did the exact same thing. When he was on the earth living as a human He saw people that were unseen in society. He saw the poor and the needy. He saw the oppressed. He talked to the people that the religious leaders and other people in his day thought that he had no business talking to. He cared about them. And he cared about them in an extremely particular and unique way. Because this God who delivers, this God who cares... He showed us that he cared by sending his son Jesus to live among us in human flesh. To experience what we feel, to know the hurts, to empathize with what we go through on a day-to-day basis. Jesus, he experienced our weakness, friends. And Palm Sunday tells us just that. You see, Palm Sunday... it. It shows this picture of Jesus riding on a donkey into the city of Jerusalem, the very city where he would die less than a week later. And people are there, crowds of people around him, his disciples and other followers and religious leaders, and many in the crowds were hailing him as king and shouting things like, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In other ways, In other words, Lord, save us. And they're shouting these things, but they don't understand. They don't understand the type of deliverer that Jesus was. They didn't understand the kind of Savior that Jesus came to be. They thought he was going to build a kingdom there and destroy the Roman rule and bring back order right there and become a physical king in their midst. But Jesus, he didn't come as a mighty warrior to overthrow empires. He came born as a baby. He came as a humble servant to live among us. The people, they didn't understand that. And meanwhile, while they're saying these things, the religious leaders are plotting and trying to kill him because they hate him. They hate the words that he said. They hate that he's claimed to be God up to this point in his life. And this is where the rubber meets the road in Jesus' life. Where his death will come. The very thing that he's been anticipating for his whole life. This is the week. This is the week the hardest week in his life, of the most intense suffering. And in the midst of those crowds, as he's riding his donkey into Jerusalem, hearing all these voices and knowing all these thoughts of the people around him, knowing that some love him for the wrong reason and some utterly hate him, he feels extremely lonely. Friends, 
in your loneliness if you've ever thought that God does not get it. Know that he does. He sees you and he aches right alongside of you. That's Jesus. This is the God who loves you first. If you have your Bibles, open up with me to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. I'm going to be hopping around in this passage. I'll read some things directly and I'll tell you when I'm about to. But I think it would be helpful to have it open just to have reference for you if you want to look at this story. So John chapter 13. It's, it's a scene in which Jesus gathers together with his disciples just before the Passover. Just before the Passover feast. And he's gathered, gathered with his disciples at dinner. And understand that two chapters earlier in John 11, it is directly stated that the religious leaders had specifically made plans to kill Jesus. So, so this is nearing the end of his ministry on earth, and he's, he's laying low, awaiting his death. And he's with his disciples. And in this moment, he stands up from the table. He takes off his outer garments and wraps them around his waist, and he bends down on his knees. He takes those very garments which he's wrapped around his waist, and he washes the disciples' feet. The master has become the servant. He's humbled himself in their midst. Jesus, this very deliverer God, this one who's come among us to feel what we feel, he has humbled himself in this moment and washed his disciples' feet in a moment that is extremely intimate and loving. Friends, this is the God who loves you first. This is the God who's always loved you first. See, there's this interesting interaction, though, that Jesus has with one of his disciples, Peter. I'm going to read it so you can follow along. It starts in verse 6, just after Jesus has poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with his garments wrapped around his waist. It says, Jesus came to Simon Peter, verse 6, Jesus came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. But Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. So Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. This is a super interesting interaction, and I think it's telling of what we often try to do before God and before other people. Peter, he doesn't understand that Jesus must wash his feet. In the same way that we don't understand that Jesus must love us first. 
Friends, Jesus told Peter that if he does not wash his feet, he has no share with him. If Jesus does not love us first, we have no share in the life that Jesus offers, friends. Too many times we try to earn our own way before God. We try to earn our own position and find security in ourselves, just pleading and trying to understand, does God love me? Does he love me? Did I do enough? Have I spent enough time in God's word? Have I gone to church enough times? Have I served enough? Friends, it does not work that way. Because God's love is not transactional. He chose to show you grace and love in loving you first. He loved you first, friends. We need to understand this, and we need to understand that our attempts to earn love must be dashed. They must be done away with. Because we need Jesus to love us first in order to enter into the life that Jesus offers. And this is the life that Jesus offers. Skip down with me in John 13 to verse 34. Jesus says to his disciples, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. This is the command. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This command that Jesus is saying is not revolutionary and compared to the Old Testament. It doesn't go against anything that he said or that is written in the Old Testament thus far. Jesus is revealing that since the very dawn of time, God has been in the business of loving first. Jesus says, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. His disciples would have been familiar with this idea of loving one another. In the early givings of the law, they would have known and had memorized by heart the command to love your neighbor as yourself. This was nothing new. But Jesus is revealing the heart of his command in saying, just as I have loved you, you also ought to love one another. Our love is not love unless God loved us first. We cannot enter the life that Jesus offers unless God loved us first, friends. And this is so backwards to our thinking. This is so opposite. We think so many ways in so many areas of our lives we have to earn it. We have to get to a specific point where we're lovable. We have to reach some goal, some point, and then people can love us. Friends, God's love is not transactional. He loved you first so that you could, in turn, love others. So what would that look like? 
What would that look like in our lives, in our daily lives, if we didn't feel like we had to earn our way, earn our position before other people, earn our position before God? What if you didn't have to do all these crazy things for people to think that you're cool? What if you didn't have to present yourself in a certain way? What if we didn't have to earn the approval of other people? Friends, the, the reality is the most important thing is that we're loved by God. That's the most important thing. If we get that, everything else can follow from there. And if He really loved us first, we can let go of all the things that we try and do to earn God's love. So many times in my life I think, gosh, messed up so badly. So I need to wake up tomorrow. I need to try harder. I need to try to wake up earlier. I need to, need to open God's Word for a little longer. I need to, I need to serve a little harder. I can't sing to God or go to church or, or serve in this position until I've reached a certain point of holiness and righteousness before God. Friends, there's no freedom in that. There's no freedom in that. We're gripping so hard to the things that we think we have to do in order for God or other people to love us. But friends, we don't have to. We don't have to. Because, friends, this very God who loved us first, this very God who lived among us, He endured to the end. It says in John 13 in the first verse, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, he knew when he was going to die. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. He loved them to the end. He loved you to the end, us to the end, by enduring to the cross. Jesus died. He suffered in our place, bearing all the guilt and the shame, all of those things that we try to grip so hard onto that we think we can earn God's love with. He bore all the shame of our feelings of failure, of all of our real failures. Jesus bore the shame and the guilt of all of it. This delivering, this empathetic, this serving and humble God, He died for you and He loved you first. 
He lived among you. He gave his life for you. So you don't have to earn it, friends. He's already done it. He's already sealed it. He's sealed his love for you. It's not something you have to earn. It's not something you can earn. In fact, trying to earn God's love is trying to is like trying to offer money for your own Christmas gifts. It's not a gift anymore if you offer money for it. This is mysterious and hard to understand. But if God loved us first, then it frees us to live in the way that Jesus calls us into to love one another. Because I don't have to live my life trying to find security and trying to find people who are going to love me and accept me. I don't have to live my life trying to earn God's favor. Because Jesus has already sealed it. He loved me first. So I can live in the way that Jesus lived. So friends, what would it look like if we just unclenched our fists from the things that hold us captive? The things that keep us from believing that God loves us first. And we follow Jesus. And we follow Him. Next week, Kirsten's going to talk about what love looks like, what the definition of love is, as it is given out by God's Word. But for this week, I want us to slow down and think and accept the fact that God loved us first. And to follow Jesus. So to end our time together, I want us to ask ourselves and to consider the question, how does knowing, how does knowing Jesus loves us first allow us to in turn love others? How does Knowing Jesus loved us first allow us in turn to love others. I want that to be discussed uh, tonight. And I pray, I pray that this week we would grasp this understanding. So would you pray with me? Father, may our, the own, way, may our own ways in which we try and fight for security try to earn your favor, try to earn the favor of our friends, may they be dashed. May we understand that you, a wonderful and loving God, have loved us first. That Jesus, you died on the cross to forgive us, to show us that you love us and call us into a new way. Help us, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen.